Welcome to Kelly Memorabilia Podcast, episode number six. The weeks are just simply flying past. I made the, the mistake last week when I was on with Sandy Armour, if you heard that one, and I said that since the podcast started, and this was, this was true, that Kelly had not actually lost the game. But we'll be getting into that very shortly because I am very pleased to welcome my guest in the studio with me tonight is Greg McSwiggin. Good evening, Greg. Good evening. Thank you for having me on. An absolute pleasure. It's really, really good to get the chance to talk to you tonight. And as I said, they're really just thinking about Monday night, you know, what a chance to reach Hamden, wasn't it? I don't think we could have had a, a better chance, of course, with the old firm being knocked out and being left as it was looking to be in the semi-finals alongside the uh, St. Johnson, St. Melbourne and Hibs. We're, we're starting to dream of, of 1997 all over again, but dear, dear me, yeah. that obviously wasn't to be, was it? <laughs> no, and I think that there was an element of, and there are different opinions in this, but I think there was a, an element of bad luck on the night because clearly... When the news came through that Kyle Lafferty wasn't fit, and I know rumours were circulating, weren't they, on Sunday night and, and into Monday, and we just clearly hoped it wasn't true. But to lose a man that had scored 10 goals in six games, and you can't legislate for Colin Doyle at the first goal, but we did so well to get back into the match from that position by half time. I thought we were looking quite comfortable. But then even moving into extra time with the injury to Nicky Kabamba and having to go down to 10 men and no further subs and not having that out ball to get to carry us further up the pitch. So, you know, was it, do you think it was, was it a bad performance or was it just that bad luck as well? I think I'm, I'm one of the, the, the fans that lets their emotions get the better of them and it takes maybe a few days which it has done in this case for me to calm down and maybe think a wee bit more rationally about things. The performance itself, I thought, was was decent. I thought it was good um, to play that long, um, especially in extra time with 10 men. Um, the 10 players that were still in the park thought they did extremely well. But I think we're looking back at 1984, the last time we won a penalty shootout in a competitive match. That's got to change, surely. What? What, what's that all about? I just don't understand how you can go so long without yeah. winning a penalty shootout. Yeah, I was actually at that match against Alawa and, as you said, 1984, quite incredibly. And <laughs> I, I can remember, uh, we, we got into the pitch at the end of, of winning the penalties and that. <laughs> sort of had a, a mini pitch invasion that was uh, perhaps so unusual even then. For Kelly to win a penalty shootout, but you know, as you suggest there, once the dreaded penalties emerged at the end of extra time, you just knew the script was yeah. written. Yeah. And I know people have been commenting in the past few days, and it was quite a lot of, of frustration, I'll put it that way, about Colin Doyle's performance during the, the not just during the match, but also during the penalties. Mm-hmm. And you know, even even to, to give away a penalty, of course, just the yeah. last minute in the, in the fashion we did. And you think back to the Aberdeen tie last season and, and you thought something like that just can't be repeated. That can't happen again. And yet here we are. This one felt worse. Did it yes, it did. It did. Especially when the team had done so well to get themselves into winning position twice. Yeah. to get back and then equalise. Great second goal from yeah. Greg. Um, and then to get ourselves 3-2 up and be in a winning position twice. But um, it's, it was so disheartening. And I'll tell you a wee funny snippet from that. Um, I was actually working at night, uh, so I didn't watch the game live. Turned off all the notifications. Didn't dare go on Twitter or Facebook or anything. Told my St. Mirren supporting pal not to say anything. Uh, so got home, everything was fine, put the game on about 11 o'clock because the boss decided to stay up a bit later than normal. So put the rerun of the game on 
at 11 o'clock and I think it was about half past one. I was on the phone to my dad, <laughs> just asking him, what was that all about? What is going on here? Um, and then the good lady of the house decided um, first thing in the morning when she was going out to work, how did the game go? So I think she was out the flat down the stairs and in the car and I was still going. So I think that <laughs> explains the frustration yeah. that I was feeling that night. Yeah, no, know that feeling. And, <laughs> you know, I just, as I'm sure you did as well, I just felt so elated on Sunday night when, when the news came through of Rangers' defeat in particular because I had been kind of refreshing the BBC Sports Scotland page and, of course, saw that Tavernier had scored there in the last minute or close to the last minute, and, and just switched it off. And it was, you know, quite a bit. I went off and watched Line of Duty as I do on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And it was quite a bit later. My son said to me, oh, did you see St. Johnson beat Rangers? And I said, no, no, they didn't. I said, Rangers won one. No, St. Johnson won. And I said, no, you've got that the wrong way around. Rangers, Rangers scored in the last minute. No, no, no. St. Johnson went up and equalised, and then they won in penalties. Oh. What a chance, you know, what a chance. Yeah. I genuinely yeah. thought, here we, here we are, looking at Hibs and Johnson, uh, Dundee United, all winnable ties. Yep. And then you start to read through the news that the winner of the Scottish Cup is pretty much guaranteed to play in Europe up until Christmas. Mm-hmm. The group stages work next season. And it's just when you think, when can the news get any worse? Yeah, you know, I know. Sunday wasn't bad enough. You're then getting hit with watching the match, yeah. uh, being defeated, seeing the draw, and then hearing the news the next day of the, the revenue that could have come our way. It's, yeah. uh, can we get hit any more times here? <laughs> I, know. I know, but I suppose the more positive note in, in terms of the league, and, and yeah, clearly it's a huge disappointment in the, top there, but in the league. At least, as things stand at the moment, it's in our own hands. We're not currently relying on results elsewhere. So, mm-hmm. how, how are you feeling about the Motherwell game coming up? Um, I think being a Kelly fan, you can't really say you're extremely confident of anything. Um, but I've got one major worry, and the major worry is that the physical toll and the mental toll that Sunday night would have taken on the players. Not only the injury to Lafferty beforehand, but Kabamba going off. Um, some of the players looked, understandably, absolutely exhausted by the end of that. So we've got to hope the recovery's been, been right. We've got to hope that um, they haven't had such a, a hit mentally from, from that that they're ready to, to rock and roll on, on, on Saturday. The first part, we've gone there and won before. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've... we've Kept clean sheets there before. Stephen O'Donnell scored. Um, it was one of my favourite um, away days there when he fired in his rocket from about 25, 30 yards. So we can keep clean sheets there. We can win there. Let's hope we can do it again in Saturday. Absolutely. And I think, I really do think is if we can and, and if we do, I, I think that's the turning point. Uh, you know, obviously beating Dundee United so comprehensively last week was massive for us and the other results going away but you just sense that if we can get that one more victory at Motherwell then yeah. it's hard to see the Ross County in particular catching us and I hope that Dundee United uh, put out a, a strong team against County at home mm-hmm. as well because clearly we don't we don't want them picking up anything at Sanadice. So no. you know, but it's I remember speaking to my dad when the when the fixtures were like the sort of the post split fixtures were announced and Hamilton came up as the last day of the season away. And yeah. we just both looked at each other and we thought this is this is really, really gonna be hard uh, yeah. on, on the supporters if it goes down to the last day there at Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh my goodness, we talk about favourite away days and places like that. I certainly don't like going to New Douglas Park. Um, no. <laughs> so, no. let's hope we can get it sorted out before then. I know, I, I think so. I, I remain confident. As I say, I, I think we can successfully take something at Montreal. And I'm, after Monday night, I'm more confident now of beating St Mirren at home in the league. And especially with Lafferty. Should be back for that. Eh? So... Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got to just 
just believe, I suppose. And um, clearly, even a few days ago, somebody had said, right, you can stay up, but, you know, I'd be knocked out of the cup. Yeah. We'd still have taken staying up, wouldn't we? So, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, for so the club's, the club's longer-term future. Yeah. But, but thinking back to your own early memories of supporting Kelly and how that came about. Yeah. Um, my dad has been a, a commander supporter for, um, goodness me, um, 40 plus years. Um, right. And as always in families, you, you tend to follow the team that's um, been in your family. So mm-hmm. I was brought up as a Kelly fan and a wee funny um, that I was thinking about before I came on to speak with you. Um, before the, the redevelopment of Rugby Park, uh, my dad went to, to a game, can't remember what one, with his friends up the back of the, the, the sort of cow shed where the East yeah. End is now, um, and broke the news that he was having a, a, a wee boy. Um, so his friend, you might know Eddie Riley, yeah. a good Tomarnock fan for, for many years, mm-hmm. um, and his fellow friends decided, oh, it would be a good idea to buy a, a five-foot, six-foot blue and white bear uh, to, to celebrate so we went into this match carrying this blue and white bear about went for a couple of drinks after this blue and white bear uh, and was, was a wee bit embarrassed that he had to carry that about but yeah. to answer your original question that's that's where my uh, love affair came about mm-hmm. um, I think my first my first game that I can remember I'd been to a few before then but the first game I can remember was a 6-0 win against Clyde Bank I believe George McCluskey was on fire that day right um, and my first, what I class is my most important memory, especially as far as memorability is concerned. The game that I picked up my first program uh, was in, in 1994, 1995. Um, unfortunately, we got beaten, I believe, against Dundee United, but I found a program lying in the road and I went, I want that. And my dad's going, No, no, just come back in the car, come back in the car. Said, no, I want that. And this mashed up. Uh, Christo program started off a collection that's now in its hundreds, maybe even thousands. So, <laughs> yeah, that's where that came from. And, and have you got a better condition coffee now? Uh, no, that's still the original. That's still the, the, the original one. <laughs> I know that's, that's memories, though. It's incredible you mentioned the, the match against Clyde Bank there uh, with George McCluskey and, and winning 6 0 because. That was, was actually the first match um, that I was the Canoe announcer. Oh, wow. That's for fantastic. First, for the first team. Um, because I had worked with, there's a guy, Brian Morrison, who was the Canoe man at the time. And we DJed together in a mm-hmm. room And it was really just the two of us. And that season, 90, 92, 93, Brian was doing the first team matches still, but I did all the reserve games. And at the end of the season, or towards the end of the season, Brian got a chance to move to Tenerife uh, to take on a new job there as, as a DJ. And naturally, you know, I stepped in as, as the Tano announcer. And that was the first game. That's incredible. Yeah, just, yeah. just to let the listeners know, this hasn't been arranged prior. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. And I think I think that match is on YouTube. I'm sure it is. And you can actually, yeah, you can actually just hear, I think the teams are being read out. It's one of the goal scorers or something, but I can, you can just pick up my voice on it. Um But the thing about, you know, what, what a time to start, because I think the next whole oh, match yeah. was... The promotion game against Hamilton, I can remember going into that, you know, not just being hugely nervous about the game and us getting promoted, but also thinking, you know, there's going to be a huge crowd down here today. This is only my second time <laughs> with the first team, and I don't want to get it wrong. And, uh-huh. uh, so, so we did. But you know, I'm sure. Obviously, the other stories of of the tannery will come up. What one of them I must mention just before we move on. Uh, with some of your own away days as well, is, is to mention Tommy Burns from around that time and to say, you know, and I know Tommy Burns always gets a, he has a very good reputation, but rightly so, because even as a lowly tannery guy, um, he always had time for you. You know, you would meet him when you were into the wee office at the front of the rugby park and 
he would pass Tommy and he he would stop and just have a chat, you know, and and mm-hmm. you know, and you know, but and talk about the game and, and I always really appreciated that. And also on the day of the Hamilton promotion, I was I was walking back downstairs with my records, I suppose not records, but CDs that have been at the time. And you could hear the celebrations starting in our, our dressing room. And Tommy came out. Oh, I said, oh, Tommy, brilliant, you know, over the moon, mm-hmm. congratulations, well played. Oh, come in, you know, come in for a minute. <laughs> I said, no, 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 hey, come on, come on. You know, so, so there were members of staff in it, it was just tremendous. Um, but yeah, that was Tommy Bones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So what a thing for yourself to, to start as well, though. Um, and Absolutely, then, yeah. We were back in the big time of the Premier League and as you, you mentioned the redevelopment of Rugby Park as well. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you find um you, you, you know as you said your dad had been used to the old cow yeah, stand yeah. but um, how, how did you both find the new stadium? I remember when the original architect plans came out uh, and we had a look at this and to look at it now and see how how it resembles exactly what it is. I remember looking at that as a, a, a sort of young supporter going, it's so futuristic, you know, for its time. It looks, how can how can that possibly work? How, how can you have stands that big in that area? And yeah. it's not the questions you would ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but we originally sat, um, obviously my dad before I was born was in the, what is now the East Stand. When I started going, we moved to, the main stand, Frank Beatty stand, is, is now, and we're down behind the, the dugouts. So that was a, a very good education into football because not only did you manage to, to obviously watch the match, but you could hear some uh, fruitful language coming from the, yeah. the dugouts as well. Um, up till recently, we're now in the back in the East stand, back at the back of the East stand. So um, it's like a, a total... Uh, uh, 360 the old man's back in there yeah. but as I say um, when we looked at the original plans wow this looks this looks something really really impressive and yeah. I suppose for its time it was it was um, and also the, really the speed with you know it was built uh, yeah and you couldn't say believe it I was living at the time in, on Rugby Road and so you could see you know the, the, the progress most days, really, and it was it was incredible uh, the speed that they they managed to put the, the new stands together. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember was it the was it Blackburn that we faced in the yeah. the, the match to, to open the new stadium, mm-hmm. and even there, still as a a, a relatively young young boy, we got the chance to see Alan Shearer at Rugby Park. And, wow, this is incredible! So yeah. not only was I faced with this mammoth stadium. Yeah. That I had never seen before. Uh, I was faced with Chris Sutton, Alan Shearer, Mike Newell. Uh, I don't know whether he was still playing at the time, but mm-hmm. it was absolutely incredible. Uh, so it, <laughs> it was like one of these things that hit, hits you like a ton of bricks, and it's only after you realise, wow, I, I was there, you know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, it's incredible to think back then that we'd moved from having been relegated, as you know, to the second division just about five or six years before that, and here we are playing the English champions as they were at the time. Yeah. Uh, at home, and, and in front of this packed crowd and, and these very high-profile players, as you say, um, and in this brand-new futuristic stadium. Uh, yeah, know, and that's just, just talking about that, Rab, it brings it back to the last game. It's talking about the first game at Rugby Park, the last game at Rugby Park with Tam Black's left foot. Yes. Belter from way out against who better against Rangers of course. Yeah, so well, probably Air United would be better. But <laughs> it was Rangers, and that'll do. Yeah, yeah, that was a great day. That was a great day as well, and I'm sure we could mention that there was, there was a special A4 size program, of course, issued for that one as well, which um, was really it was a cracking program at the time, and just the the drawing of it wasn't that of, of the the old a photo maybe of the old rugby part in the new. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a really special day. And, and what a result, as you said, to, mm-hmm. you know, um, to leave 
the Lee Rail Stadium with it could have gone any better. But thinking about away days as well, uh, we're talking there obviously about Rugby Park, but, but what are some of your, your favourite away day places or memories? I've, I've absolutely loved over the years going to Tyne Castle. Um, one of my favourite away grounds, not only because we've been relatively it's successful fun. there over the years, <laughs> yeah. um, but because it feels so, feels so close and you're so close to the action there. Um, and this will maybe link in with one of my favourite uh, away matches, which is a bit strange that it's not a win, it's not even not a defeat, even even a defeat. It's when we drew and at Tyne Castle in the, the Steve Clark era. Mm-hmm. And I think I've chosen that as my, my main uh, one of my favourite away days because it was a total roller coaster of emotion. Yeah. Went one nothing up, uh, they equalised, and then David McDonald saving the penalty in I believe the last minute or close to the last minute. From so Kyle that was just a total from Kyle Lafferty indeed. <laughs> so that was just a total uh, uh, influx of emotions and elation to total frustration to elation again um, was that the, the weather as well getting through there that was memorable that's too that's right that was the night of the snow and <laughs> I remember that when I, um, I, I live quite close to Tyne Castle now actually in Edinburgh and we set off you know usually you leave quite late to go there uh, with it being so close by and as we were, we were leaving the house the snow started and by the time you reached the stadium, it just was swirling in, and it, it was a horrible, horrible yeah. night. And as you say, this roller coaster match. But then once you get, you came out of the stadium, the place is absolutely. It was a highway, you know. The place is covered with snow, and it took me something like what should be a fifteen minute mm-hmm. journey back home. It took about an hour and a half. You know, it'd have been <laughs> it'd have been as quick getting to Kilmarnock almost. I think as uh, yeah, yeah. Castle. So. So it was memorable in many ways that night as well, yeah. Yes, yes. So other, other um, And I think we, we spoke just when we came on. Uh, yeah, we spoke just when we came on there. Um, I've yet to pick one who have won. That's terrible. But I'll, <laughs> I'll stick with this one and then I'll go into ones. Um, it's, uh, the Gretna debacle. That's mm. another memorable one, but memorable for the wrong reasons. Uh uh, the 4-2 defeat, 4 nothing down at half-time. Yep. That was just, that's one of these games that will stick with me till I'm an old man, of just mm-hmm. how how awful it was in so many ways. And especially, you've been a Tannoy announcer, a former Tannoy announcer yourself. I think the Tannoy announcer there was was taking the mickey out of us by playing that Duffy Mercy song when right, yeah. third or fourth went in as a goal celebration. Yeah, so <laughs> that sticks in my mind as well. It was just just stirring the pot a wee bit more to the Kelly fans that were there. It was awful, and, and Billy Green still Brown on on the pitch at half time. That was unreal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For him, and he was there that, that terrible night. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. So he sat, he kind of sat the players down, didn't he? he just they didn't return to the dressing room. Yeah, and, yeah, it was like a Phil Brown. It was the the angry, the, the naughty school kids and the yeah. the angry headmaster. You know, sit down and you will do as you are told. And yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it was incredible to see. Yeah. And sitting up there in the old stand, it was the old stand that was still at Fur Park, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we're sitting up there looking down on it right outside the tunnel, and we're going, "What yeah. oh, in here? This was like surreal." <laughs> I know. I know. If you were if you were to choose between and it, this is you know it's always difficult choosing between the two but the Scottish Cup win obviously nineteen ninety seven and the League Cup win two thousand and twelve mm. which mm. which would you say would be so that's so hard um, I would say possible because it's more recent in my memory. The League Cup win for the main reason we beat Air in the semis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And of course Celtic in the final. Um, and the way we did it in the final as well. Yeah. 84 minutes, DVT at the back post. Yeah. Absolute elation. 
Yeah, uh, in the stands there. So the League Cup for me, yes. What a question, though. Put me right on the spot with that. No, no. Well, no, of course it's, it's yeah. I mean, a lot of you, I suppose, would maybe say you can't you can't pick between. I would I would go for for twenty twelve as well overall. I think because you know, as you say, just just the whole run of being able to be here in the semi final and that. You know, in many ways, was much more nervous going at that game than even the Celtic one because the thought of losing to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at Hamden, uh, you know, at that stage was was un- clearly unthinkable. And uh, but to beat a Celtic team that had gone twenty six games unbeaten, uh, and you know, we were written off completely. Just, just astonishing, absolutely astonishing. Yeah. You know. Um, any other away, away grounds or, or days? Or? Yeah, um, Hearts again, Stuart mm. Finley's winner. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the whole away section was, I think they jumped about 12 feet in the air when, when that went in. Uh, and I remember a game in 2000 at Ibrooks, 1 3 nothing. I believe Christoph Kokard played in his trainers that day, so that yeah. was a <laughs> yeah. that was a standout. Yeah. Um, again, there was that not many, not many Christoph Kokard master classes as I maybe would have liked, but no. against Motherwell, I think that same season, mm-hmm. uh, I think we were one 0 down, or it was one each, and there was a wee moment of magic from him to put us two yeah. one up and, and ultimately win win the game there. Yeah. Uh, oh, Saint Martin. On the, I think it was the New Year's, uh, well, around about New Year's. Um, uh, I can't remember exactly what year, but we won 2-0 that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me and my dad actually couldn't get in the way end. It was, it was packed. Right. And unfortunately, I had my, it was a Kelly Goalies top I had on that day, bizarrely, right. the purple one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we thought, right, how are we going to manage this? Because we still, we got there and we wanted to get in. So how are we going to manage this? Away stand packed. Sorry, lads, you can't get in. Uh, right, I'll go and get. I'll go and get some some fusty old uh, sweatshirt that's been lying in the back of my dad's car for months. Stick mm-hmm. that on. Try and hide the goalie top as much as I can and go into the St Mirren end. Yeah. And I tell you, that's one of the hardest things I've had to do. Is sit in my hands when Kelly goals went in because oh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That, that was was that the one that was Ben Gordon's last game? It was Ben Gordon, yes, yes, yes. yes. Ben Gordon. Yeah, I remember yes, that was a that was a special day. Um, the atmosphere is tremendous. As, as it often is it's mm-hmm. uh, when we win, anyway, when the game goes well, certainly. But we all of course we always take a good good crowd there. Yes. Um, and I think it's as Sandy Armour was talking about last week, you know, for for the the size of home crowd that we get. We really do well in the numbers that we take away matches. Yeah. Um, even talking about Hamilton earlier on, I remember um, we won 2-1 there um, during the Steve Clark era again. And the crowd was huge, so much so that they opened the wee tents at the side of the park to let us in. And I don't yeah. think any team outside Rangers or Celtic could manage that. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 absolutely not. And, you know, yeah, the... The Steve Clark year or season, but you know, only two years ago. But it, oh, you know, it's, I think we're realistic enough to accept you can't. You can, that, that that only comes along once every. I don't know. What maybe once every fifty years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> let's hope it's more regular. But you know, you imagine you were going to away games that season. I can remember my dad talking about this from the 1960s. And he said, you know, you would go to, to the games knowing that we were going to win. And I would say the only time I've, I've experienced that was the Steve Clark season. Mm-hmm. You, you would be travelling there, get into the ground, just knowing we were going to win. Even going to Rangers or Celtic, we'd go there confident. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's where one of his sayings came from there with respect, you don't go there with fear and I think over the the seasons before it was kind of a given that yeah, this is a freebie, we'll go here and we'll get turned over and we'll concentrate the next game yeah. and I think Steve Clark instilled at Sullivan v 11 
we'll go out there and we'll show them what we can do. And it was, as you say, it's one of these things that, if we're being realistic, probably won't happen again. And uh, well, unless I'm an old man to see it, but who knows? Football's a funny old game, as they say. Yeah, indeed. So thinking about memorabilia, then of course, and you mentioned your uh, your first program against Dundee United that you managed to. The, the dog yield coffee that you managed to pick up. Yes. And that sparked uh, an interest in programs and, and building up quite a collection. Yes, including reserve six pagers uh, mm. on a Monday night. Um, I remember going to the game, I think it was Falkirk Reserves, and we had two Cameroonian trialists. Oh, yeah. And I thought to myself, bizarrely, I need to get a program from this game. They could be the next two superstars. So yeah. I got my six or eight page copy that night yeah. of Richard Cairns at the gate for mm-hmm. 50 pence. So that's that's hidden away yeah. in a lock box, yeah. uh, along with many others, European ones. The newspaper from Reykjavik, mm-hmm. uh, that was an absolute cracker. I remember looking at that and going, wow, you know, turn to page eight for English. <laughs> you yeah. know, you wouldn't get... Yeah. <laughs> I, never, I never would have thought... Um, I would get my hands on something like that. And that, as you say, it, it led to collecting even more, the, the huge sort of magazine from Kaiserslautern, the, mm-hmm. the, the one from Stavanger, uh, Glenavon, yeah. you know, so I've got loads of them. Um, I live up in Glasgow now, so they're still stocked away down at my, my dad's in Cowinning. Um I did try and bring a few up here, uh, but the good lady has, has stated right. that that, that <laughs> won't be happening. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got so many. So do you, do you go you go for full seasons at a time, always always get all the ways as well? Yep, go for absolutely everything. Um, unfortunately, not a season ticket holder now, but when I was, it would be home, away, League Cup, Scottish Cup, um, anything. And if I missed um, any programmes from any games, that would be a search on eBay and I didn't care about the cost. I would get it and it would make up my collection. The programme could have cost £2 at the start, but it could have cost £25 at the end. Nope, that's mine. Thank you. I'll take that. That made the collection for me. Yeah, good. And are there any... What what year? Are there any years it goes back to or or decades? Um, It goes back to the... My dad has been very good to me over the years, and even before I was a regular at Rugby Park, he would collect programmes. So I have ones that go back 60s, 70s, not full catalogues, unfortunately, but they stretch all the way back. The full collection started mid-90s, and boxes and boxes and boxes stored away in uh, in a cupboard, under the bed, beside the bed, in the loft, (laughs) in the hut, in the garden. My goodness me, they were everywhere. Um, and then me and my dad came to a realisation a few years ago, wait a minute, every programme that he's got, I've got. Right. So when he pops his clogs, I'll have doublers. <laughs> Let's try and sell the ones that we, we don't need necessarily. Mm-hmm. And managed to do that. So that was that was good. And created a bit of space for, for more memorabilia yeah. as it turned good. out. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah, and as you said, eBay has, has brought such a change, hasn't it, to picking up programmes where there's no question, you know, it used to be, you know, for me, I'm a, a huge Chile programme collector um, as well, of course, but, you know, if, if, if you didn't get one in the day, you just come away and the day didn't feel complete at all. I would be absolutely furious. It ruined my day. I wouldn't yeah. care if I won 4-0 or 5-0. No. I didn't no. get a programme. I don't care. No, that, no, no. that's it. Weekend's ruined. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I mean, I, I can completely relate to that. I understand that. And like you, I would be, be straight on eBay or, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever, to, to, to make sure you could get one. And, you know, I was, yeah, again, I was very fortunate. I think, it was around 20 years ago, and I had a quite a small collection. I always bought a programme at a game, so I had, you know, sort of 80s mostly, um, 90s of course, but there was a guy, I can't remember if it was the killyfc.com 
forum, I think it was at the time, and he, he put a post up saying he had a, a collection of Kelly programs. He was clearing out his attic or space or something he needed in his house. Um, anybody wanted to come and pick them up for free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I turned up at the house. I think I'm sure it was a new farm walk, if I remember. And walked in, you know, expecting maybe a box or whatever. <laughs> I think I'll be happy with that. And I walked in, and my, my jaw hit the ground because, you know, his, his living room, it was just piled the boxes on. And I thought, oh, no, no. And of course, I said to him, Oh, I can't, I can't possibly. I say, oh, these old Kelly programs. Oh, aye, aye. And home and away, you know, I said, right. I said, look, I can't possibly take these away. I'll be robbing you. I can't take these for nothing. What, what are you wanting for? Oh, give me a take. You know, give me a take. I said, no, I'm not mm -hmm. giving you a take. I'll give you, look, I've got 50 quid in my pocket. I would want, I want to give you more, but there's 50 quid. Right. So, you know, I took these back, got them home. And it took me weeks. I was getting back home from work every night and just going through them and sorting them. And it took weeks, and they were back to the sixties and complete wow. runs, complete runs, and you know, it was yeah. absolutely astonishing. And, and you just you occasionally just dig a, a kind of real stroke a lot like that. Yeah. Well, what's what's happening now, Robert? Um, to my uh, my wasted bees uh, chagrin. Uh, it's not just programs I've taken away into now. I have to get the team sheet along with the program. Excellent. And if it's an old ticket match, I need to get the ticket to go with that. So <laughs> uh, the space that was cleared out for programs has now been uh, added to with team sheets and match tickets when available. So, <laughs> so, so everything, Kelly, really, yeah. And and you had you you'd said you had a shop collection, which I think you've you've moved on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, like um like programs, uh, regularly collected shirts from the early nineties. Um, mm -hmm. I think one of my first ones was the the away nineteen ninety two sort of Mozart looking strip. Yeah, uh, the away kit, the, the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I always I always associate that kit with Sean McSkimming for some reason. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Um, but I had that. Um, that then led up to. More of the ATMA's sponsored tops, mostly home. Mm -hmm. um, and when I played, there was a goalkeeper, so that then led on to goalkeeper tops, the right. orange and purple, I believe, sports division one. Uh, yeah. That was a favourite of mine. It was classic. And it was always good, you know, when you would go out, um, kick a ball about after school or mm -hmm. hang about with your mates at the weekends. You'd see, unfortunately, coming to Cohen, and you'd still see Rangers and Celtic when it really yeah. should become armour, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and I would go out in my Barney the Dinosaur looking get up uh, <laughs> with my purple and orange Kilmarnock top and you would see the kids looking and going, what is that? Kilmarnock? Uh, no, it's not. I, it is. <laughs> it's just the goalie top that you never see anybody wearing. <laughs> and and Lekovic, of course, comes to mind with that, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I noticed one of my, another box that I found up in my dad's loft the last time I was down there, it had the uh, so Bobby Geddes tartan looking top. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was one that it's amazing. You look back and you think, I didn't even know I had that. Likewise, yeah. the programs you go, I didn't even know I had that. Yeah. But to see that, and then of course that brings back the memories, and that's mm. fantastic, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you have a a favourite shop design? I actually really like this season's this yeah. season's home and away. I really yeah. like them. Um, yeah. And I really liked the 2017-18 home top, where it was more blue to the front and white at the back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the orange QTS sponsor at the back. So, mm -hmm. um, but I think just for for um, uh, <laughs> reasons that I've mentioned earlier, but the, the sort of colour sequence of the top, the 1992 away one, that was absolutely incredible. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know. Whether the person was on something that designed that, but credit to them. Yeah, it was, it was a kind of early nineties thing or things. There was a Scotland, you'll know probably the Scotland away shirt at the time, which is also really sought after. And it was a white away Scotland top, but it looked like somebody just got a, a few tins of paint, 
mixed them into one pot and just throwing a brush. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the top of a shirt, and it was splattered sort of purple and red and blue. It was an incredible thing. Yeah. Um, and that that always remains, you know, always think of that early 90s, that was just the fashion, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Football shirts. And, but, and, you know, I, so maybe unsurprisingly, both the Kelly one that we're talking about there um, is very sought after. And, and you know, if it ever comes up, it does go for big prices in eBay. Well, that is, that's one of them that I have in my nearly found box. But unfortunately, it's a child size. So I don't think that would go for as much, but it's there, and the shorts are there as well. So right. you've got a whole. If, right. uh, if you know any Kelly kids out there that would like a vintage retro '92 oh, short and short combo, give yeah. me a shout. <laughs> <laughs> and you also you mentioned you had a, a KGB scarf. Yes, yes. Um, again, that's one thing that the last box that I managed to, to read, I looked that out, and I'm going, wow. Just, I did not even had no recollection at all of that. And in a lot, in amongst that, Rob, but there was a a Kilmarnock clapper, you know, the wee hand oh, yeah. uh, the clapper tool that you used to get. Yeah. Uh, I had that, and I had um, Kelly Bear that I mentioned earlier on. Yeah, the big uh, bear. Yeah. The big bear. <laughs> <laughs> so you find these things. There's a jester's hat from the, I think it was a 2007. Cup final, I think the less said about that, the better. Absolutely. But uh, uh, the, the jester's hat with the wee bells, and I'm going, oh, yeah. you go, why am I keeping this? And then you realise, ah, that's why, because you, you look back and you go, that's that's amazing, memories. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, this is the thing about memorabilia, absolutely, that it just takes you back, whether it's it's that orange and purple goalkeeper shirt, and you think of Lekovic and, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and some of his antics. Or Sean McSkinnon, perhaps, and, and the, the 92 shirt, away shirt. Yeah, yeah, but it just does connect you to games and players and, and people, I think, important yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, who perhaps you were going to the games with at the time. Yeah, yeah. Or, or what was, even what was going on in your life at the time sometimes, you know. Folk kind of look at me sideways when I say this. They say, you know, sometimes I pick up an old pro, pick out a programme. Obviously, a Kelly program or a shot or whatever, and and I'll say and I'll sit there and chat away about. Do you know that was the summer that such and such happened? Yeah, Kelly absolutely. This game, and then I went there on holiday, and it just—it's all connected to that. To that. Absolutely, shot. and I think that's what many many people, and it's it's certainly a, a niche niche within a niche. I would say uh, yeah. football memorabilia, and people that you talk to outside of that uh, bubble would look at you as though you've got four eyes, you know, because <laughs> yeah. what are you doing this? Why are you collecting that? Why are you collecting that? And there's yeah. an example that me and my dad have got. Um, there was a game, a very, it wasn't a game that would be memorable at all. It was a home match against Dunfermline at Rugby Park. I believe we drew nothing each. And that was the first match. When you look at the programme, you go, oh, that was the first match that me and my dad went to after my mum died. And we look at that and we go, yeah, it's not about the match. It's not about uh, the players that were on the pitch that day. It's about, oh, wow, yeah, we went to that. Uh, and everything comes back to you, personally, as well as uh, um, yeah, your love for football and commandment, you know? Yeah, well, very much so. It's very, very special to have those those moments. And I mean, that one in particular, clearly. Yeah. Yeah, but this is, as I say, that's that's what memorabilia can do, and, and it's not it's not just pieces of paper. No, you know, um, it's and, and as the oldest professional football club in Scotland, as we are, you know, there is so much history behind the club, and mm-hmm. which most clubs in Scotland just don't simply have, particularly one south of Simington. <laughs> so. You know, it's um, it's good. It's good to have those those mementos and, and and bits and pieces from from the history of the club as well. Yeah, um, absolutely. But thinking thinking about, we've mentioned some players already there. Uh, but any any particular players that stand out for you as favourites? Uh, oh, many, many. Um, whenever I'm asked this question or, or think about this. 
I like Seremenko always comes to my mind. Mm. A more recent uh, addition than, than some of the others will mention in a, in, a, in a second or two, but I just thought he was an absolute magician. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily pacey, uh, didn't have the greatest engine, but he was a magician with the ball at his feet. He could find things that, um, looking from the stand, you would think that was never, ever on as a pass, and it would be dinked into Connor Salmon normally, who would then finish the chance off, and you'd yeah. go, I didn't even see that coming. Uh, and it was as though a, a, there was a wee switch in his mind that he could just go, pink, there it is. And it was a magic touch. Um, thinking back again, one of my favourite players um, when I first started going to games was Ali Mitchell. Oh, yeah. uh, I, really, really, <laughs> I really enjoyed seeing him because he gave it 100% all the time. And as I got older and I look back, I would say I wouldn't like to be up against him. He always looked in really, really good shape, fit as a, fit as a flea. And uh, he had that wee bit of, I don't want to say nastiness about him, but he had a wee bit of, grit. you know, grit about him that, you know, if you gave him a kick, you'd be damn sure that he'd give you one back harder later on. There we go, but, yeah. <laughs> um, think about um, one of my, again, from a personal memory, I was lucky enough to train with Jim Stewart uh, oh, when yeah. I was younger, uh, and he had a, a goalkeeping class on at uh, Dean Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I uh, was absolutely starstruck when Colin Meldrum came along to a few of the sessions and helped yeah. out. Yeah. So even though he was, he, and I think he'll admit this himself, as I was and as many goalkeepers are, susceptible to a few clangers now and again, yeah. uh, I was absolutely startled. Oh, Colin Meldrum's here, Colin, I, can't, I, can't, I don't <laughs> believe it. Uh, so he always sticks out as one of my favourites as well, but maybe not for what he did on the part, but how good he was. And I think, I think what he is now, I think he's head of goalkeeping at Celtic, at the Celtic Academy. Okay. And yeah, I think that speaks to how he, what he is as a person, because mm-hmm. when I first started getting into coaching, I actually sent him a message and said, thanks for helping me out when I was younger. Right. Now I'm hoping to do the same. And he yeah. sent one back and said, oh, he remembered the Dean Park days and loved them. Oh, yeah. uh, so... It was absolutely fantastic to check in with him, and uh, so so he sticks out there as well. Ian Porteous, you know, oh, yeah. back to me now. Yeah. Ian Porteous was another one of my early memories. Uh, I remember being at Firth Park and he scored a, I think it was a a, a lob from mm-hmm. thirty yards or twenty five yards. Yeah, I don't know if that was a one nil win for us, but that was that was another great memory that stuck out. Yeah, um, so many George McCluskey, one of my mm-hmm. first games I went to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bobby Williamson's there, Matt Roberts for scoring his head at Ibrooks. I yeah. was only a wee boy then. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was going to get trampled in the stands when I was there. Yeah. So many, Rob, so many. And I'm yeah. sure more will come to me from my off air and I'll go, I wish I mentioned him. But, uh, no, I know. No, no, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those questions, as, as you say, that um, you reel off a few. Um, just come to mind at the time, yeah. And, and mm-hmm. later on, you're thinking, Oh, I'm so and so, but you know, that, that, that's the way it is with players. And you know, Ali Mitchell, um, to pick out him from all well, you know, the list that you mentioned there, famous, famous for I think traveling from Bolingre and Fife to training every day, it'll be, it'll be part, and, and he, never, he never moved closer. But, um, <clears throat> I remember. My memory of Ali Mitchell was in, <laughs> we were playing Rangers in the semi-final of the Scottish Cup, Hamden. And I was at the time working in, in Parker's disco in Kilmarnock, <laughs> four gates. Um, back in the it's still a DJ days again. And um in walked, it was it was the night, you know, the night of the game at Hamden, and in walked Ali Mitchell and uh, Bobby Garris. <laughs> I couldn't believe this, so I thought I have to, I have to go and try and chat to them, you know. And, and I went over and said to Ali Mitchell, "Oh, you know, really unlucky today. I thought I thought I had them in the ropes, you know. I think you can take them in the replay." And he's, oh, no problem, you know." And he was, he was just so confident, and he was just so pleasant, and he, you know, he chatted away about the game against Rangers in mm-hmm. London and. Just a, just a really nice guy. Um, I don't think he's even aged in 30 years. No. Because I think last time I saw him, he came on as a, a half-time guest. Yeah. 
And he looked as though he could just get on the ball and got doing that wing again. No, no, as you said, just a man that always looked in really good condition. I mean, clearly, clearly did a, a lot of gym work as well, I think, and really kept himself fit. Um, and it was great. I remember he got a testimonial against Everton. It was, um, I think, maybe the late 1990s, maybe. Yeah, but one of these guys, I mean, he used to use the phrase he would run through brick walls for the team, and I mm-hmm. think he, he really was one of these players. George McCluskey, another who... Yeah, it was a special talent, George. You know, it was <laughs> when he was it Tommy Bums used to say, or George McCluskey said, I can't remember which way around, but but one of them said I, I we persuaded him to sign by just giving them a packet packets and packets of sweets or something like that. You know, it was <laughs> there was no sign of the Um but speaking of George McCluskey also with the Tannoy, it was a reserve game one night, I can't remember who against, but it was when we had that strip, you'll remember it, that season. It was blowing white stripes, obviously, but it had a yellow number in the back. Oh. And it was <laughs> so hard when you were sitting up in that wee box in the corner of the rain stand, it was so hard to make out <laughs> who had scored sometimes at the end of the pitch because you're looking for a number. And so here we are, reserve game, tiny crowd, you know, and then... Um, it was one of these, it was a stramash, I suppose, that I'm a lead in the box, and this this leg poked out and poked the ball into the net. And I'm desperately trying to see who's 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 got their arm up or who's running away. So, so I, I announced um, goal scorer for Kilmarnock, number nine, George McCluskey, pretty confidently. A big boo goes up from the crowd. <laughs> up from the crowd. And McCluskey himself ran over. To the, that part of stand, and he's, he's pointing out and going, "Which name me? It was Williamson." <laughs> so he, even uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he was good enough there to take the credit for it. But, uh, that was that was a memory of George McCluskey. Um Mark Roberts, yeah, yeah. As you say, the the game at Ibrox was another special lady, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that, that was when we used to, to fill the whole bottom tier of the, the boom loan stand, and yeah. now we're, we're stuck. We're stuck in a wee triangle. Can't even fill that, you know. It's oh, no. No. it's sad, but those are the, the memories that we talk about and that stick with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just just going back to the programs for a few minute. Have you you've been keeping up with? It's been good to see the club um, still issuing programs this season. Yes, yes, I think that's been a been an anorak. Uh, I think um, people were mentioning before the, the death of the match program um, mm. because a lot of now going, lot not clubs are now going digital, um, which is understandable to a point. But yeah. uh, I still I still uh, like the, the paper copying. Uh, to those of you listening to this, that'll understand. To the good lady who'll be in the background, she'll be thinking, "No, oh, this is another one of these nonsensical statements." You get a program, and you can smell the program, and you can yeah. smell the team sheet, and you go, yeah. oh, "That's that feels like football," you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It very much does. It's, it's been good, I say, to, to for the club to be able to keep producing them this season. Um, some of them have it, including Celtic, who gave up. Mm-hmm. about halfway through, I think. Because um, I was scrabbling around when we played them, it was around about Christmas or December, and I was on eBay and, you know, whatever, and I was just, there wasn't, there wasn't anything showing up for Celtic against Kelly, and then, yeah, found out that he'd stopped producing. So, yeah, that was, that was something. Um, so just, just really rounding off with, um, going back to current, current affairs, and um, if you were if you were pushed to say, are we going to stay up or not? Which way would you go at the moment? I think we are. Yes, yeah. I think we are going to stay up. I think we we've shown, albeit in small bursts, what we're capable of. Mm. Losing Kyle Lafferty is a huge, huge, huge blow. Um, when we were first mooted about signing Kyle Lafferty, when that was first mooted. I must admit, I was in the, the pack that went, well, he could maybe add two or three important goals, but I can't see maybe what else he could do. Yeah. But to add 10 in his last eight, um, and I think on Monday night, um, he showed 
what what we miss when he's not in the team. Yeah. Um, hopefully, um, he'll be back uh, for the weekend. I'm not too sure of the details regarding his injury, um, but I think there's enough there to just get us over the line. And if it's just over the line, I'll take it. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. No, as, as we said earlier, I'm pretty confident I've certainly taken something at Turf Park and also three times St Mirren at home. And, and hopefully, as you said, <laughs> it means we won't need to go to New Douglas Park needing anything on the last day because we really don't want to be in that, that scenario. Um, and also looking at looking at um, some of the playoff teams that are in the playoff position in the, the championship at the moment. I don't think I would fancy playing Dundee if I was if I was honest. Dundee or Wraith Rovers. I remember oh. seeing um I think they played in Fermlin a couple of weeks ago and they ended up absolutely routing in Fermlin 5 1. And some yeah. of the football they played that night, Robert, was was very, very impressive. It was. Um so I would I would be very wary of, of taking on the throws as well. Who I think if you ask any of their fans, they would think, yeah, we're overdue to come to the, the top league as well because yeah. um Obviously, they were there, and that brings back a memory of Gus McPherson and goals. And goals played them yeah. at rugby park. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'd be, I'd be very wary of both. So, hopefully, we're not in that, and we can look at worry about that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Let's, let's hope so, and let's hope um, the picture's clearer and better uh, after this weekend at, at Perth Park. So, Greg, many, many thanks. For joining us tonight, uh, really enjoyed that and, and hearing about your your program collection, your shirt, your Kelly memorabilia collection, really, <laughs> on the whole, and, and all your memories of supporting the club and um, some of the away days and players. That's that's been absolutely fantastic. So thank you. And who was it? I must ask you before you go. Who was it you played in goals for? Um, it was a variety of clubs. Uh, started off at boys' club level. Um, was lucky enough to, to go to the, the, the trial sessions at Rugby Park and, and uh, at Dean Park, I mentioned Jim Stewart, Colin Meldrum. Being a co-winning boy, I've, I've played at co-winning Rangers. I've had a spell in the park at Irwin Meadow. Um, nothing to write home about, just uh, a few few appearances here and there. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I realised being a goalkeeper, I need my eyes. So when my eyes started to fail me, I realised that was time to stop. So right. I'm now, I'm now happily uh, passing on whatever knowledge I have to the Same girls at Gifnet. Yeah. 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 And that's just started up again recently. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We've uh, we've been lucky enough to, to have our own facilities at Gifnet, so we have. Uh, we don't need to wait for council lets, and the girls have been a joy to, to work with, and it's great to see them back in and, and having fun. It's uh, it really is. Uh, it picks me up as well. When I've had a bad day, see them, uh, it makes me smile as well. So really looking forward to getting getting a re-season underway as well. So Yeah, uh, good. Absolutely. And, and, and let's hope that um, next season, obviously, in August, we're, we're able to get back to rugby park and in the Premier League, of course. And yes. Yeah, very much so. And um, let's get things back to normal. I know, I know. Absolutely. So, as I say, thanks again, Greg, um, and we hope you've, you've, I know you will have enjoyed um, listening to some of those memories tonight. Do give us a follow, as always, on Twitter, under the handle Kelly Memorabilia, and give us a, a follow or a, a subscribe on any of the normal podcast platforms. Also, uh, keep sending us the feedback. There's been some, some really kind feedback coming in um, about the episodes over the last few weeks. I hope that all subscribers managed to get their prizes out. Um, I sent out some bits and pieces there. You'll seen uh, well the same ball or the shirt, the goalkeeper shirt in there as well. Um, just in the last couple of weeks. I hope they've all arrived safely. And I think I think I'm right in saying that they have. But we will catch up with you again soon. Let's hope that this time next week when we're talking again or in this podcast that we're almost home and dry. That we've got a good uh, thumping one at first part. And 
Dundee United have done the business against Ross County Tanadice. So, um, for the moment, it's good night from me and good night from Greg. Take care, mate. Thank you.